American journalists and other pitiful misuses of the miracle of human life are engaged in searching what archaeologists say may have once been their souls in the wake of Michael Avenatti's conviction on charges of fraud and extortion. The lawyer Avenatti had made frequent appearances on CNN, MSNBC, and other mainstream news outlets, despite some early hints that he was sleazy and dishonest, like his frequent appearances on CNN, MSNBC, and other mainstream news outlets. CNN's Brian Stelter, who calls his show Reliable Sources with a Straight Face, says he can't understand how he got it so wrong. Addressing the CNN audience as the audience was about to board his flight to Tacoma, Stelter said, quote, I ask myself if perhaps my flagrant bias in favor of Democrats, combined with my deceptive presentation of myself as objective, had left me so dishonest and corrupt that I had to admire Avenatti's dishonesty and corruption, lest I be forced to confront my own. But then I think, nah, it was probably something else, unquote. Commentator Anna Navarro, who's speaking on ABC, once compared Avenatti to the Holy Spirit, said she now feels the comparison may not have been 100% accurate. The 1980s immigrant from Nicaragua issued a statement in her native communist saying, quote, there were in fact many similarities between Avenatti and the third person of the Trinity. For instance, the Holy Spirit is the Lord and giver of life who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and Avenatti rips off strippers before extorting sneaker companies while swindling his clients. So it was an easy mistake to make, unquote. Legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin says he felt, quote, snookered by Avenatti because Avenatti pretended to be a corrupt lowlife, but turned out to be an incredibly corrupt lowlife, and Tubin fell for it hook, line, and sinker. All the leftist journalists say they will continue to examine their consciences for another hour or so and then go back to doing exactly what they were doing before. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is The Andrew Claven Show. Hunky-dunky, life is tickety-boo. Birds are winging, also singing, hunky-dunky-dee-doo. Ship-shaped, tipsy-topsy, the world is a bitty zing. It's a wonderful day, hurrah, hooray, it makes me want to sing. Oh, hurrah, hooray, oh, hooray, You are probably familiar with the old saying, nature thrown out the door comes back in through the window. The idea, obviously, is that you can't banish nature from human affairs no matter how hard you try. You can write trans women or women as many times as you like on your Twitter feed. You can even use capital letters. But the minute you let trans women compete against real women in sports, say, your Twitter feed will be thrown out both the door and the window and nature will come back in. It doesn't have a homey saying of its own, but the same can be said of human corruption. Throw corruption out the door and the Democrat Party will come in through the window. All right, I'm joking. There's corruption on both sides, but the corruption of socialism, of leftism, is almost always worse than the corruption of freedom. In government, corruption usually takes the form of officials unfairly using power for either personal or political gain. So the more power the officials have, the more corruption is likely. Socialism, which replaces free enterprise with government control of the economy, increases the power of government and therefore increases the reach of government corruption. If you have two fairly equal competitors in business, say you got Chevrolet and the Ford Motor Company, they can't really bribe the public to like one car more than they like the other. But if some civil servant decides which car will get the big contract, it's easy to know where to send the bribery check. Here's the problem. Because there's always corruption in every system, and because power is spread out in a free, non-socialist society, corruption appears 
everywhere in a free society, there's always someone breaking the rules or abusing his position. Petty corruption is widespread in free societies. And because socialism, with its pseudo-Christian pretense at charity, tends to attract young people who are naive and idealistic, socialism presents itself as being less corrupt. The idealists who follow Bernie Sanders, say, are frequently not corrupt themselves because most of them have no power. It's only when socialism becomes the law of the land that you go from the widespread, petty, individual corruptions of freedom to the deep, pervasive, systemic corruption of socialism. This is why American socialists had to destroy our education system before Bernie Sanders could finally rise as far as he has. Because if you have a good education, you already know all this. The spread of socialism depends on youthful ignorance and idealism. And now you know. All right, we're going to talk about corruption, corruption in the press, in the DOJ, in China, maybe even in the Democrat Party, if we get that I think of communism when I think of Bernie. (laughs) So do I. So do I, little voice in my head. But first, let us talk about HR, human resources. It is one of the biggest problems businesses have when you have a business like the Daily Wire, which has grown so far, so fast. It can be a real problem keeping track of people and especially complying with all the different rules, which are different in every state, and you got to comply with them. When you are running a business, HR issues can kill you, especially in cases of wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR manager salaries are expensive, right? An average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small businesses to solve their HR problems. With Bambi, you can get a dedicated HR manager who will craft HR policy and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. You get a dedicated HR manager available by phone, email, or real-time chat, $99 a month. Uh, Go to Bambi.com slash Clavin right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash Clavin, spelled BAM to the B-E-E dot com slash Clavin. If you want to slash Clavin, you got to have a good HR person. So go to Bambi and figure out how to spell Clavin. Mailbag is tomorrow. Subscribe to DailyWire.com. Absolutely. I completely agree. I concur with that assessment because I will answer all your questions about politics, about your personal life, about religion, anything you want to ask me. And all my answers are guaranteed 100% correct just for the price of subscription. And they will change your life, sometimes for the better. Sometimes it'll just be high comedy. Go and pre-order Nightmare Feast, please, the second book in the Another Kingdom. Uh, the Another Kingdom trilogy. It is available on Amazon now, and it really helps if you pre-order and it moves it up the line. It was moving up the line there. You got it. and started to sink back over the weekend, so please go and pre-order it if you haven't yet. Now, when I'm talking about corruption, I'm not talking about shenanigans. Politics is full of shenanigans, and I go easier on the shenanigans of the right than I do on the left for the simple reason that the left is socialist. They're the bad guys. Freedom is good. I support the good guys, right? And if they have a little bit of shenanigans, I look the other way. Same way I look the other way if a police officer kicks a murder suspect down a flight of stairs. I'm like, oh, that's too bad. But I treat the the murder guy a lot differently than I treat the cops. Same way here. I treat socialists much harder. But I'm not talking about shenanigans. I'm talking about genuine corruption. Michael Avenatti, this guy who was stormy. How could we ever have imagined the guy who defended, you know, a stripper trying to take down Donald Trump for a completely consensual affair 
was, how could I even ever have thought he was a dirty guy, but he was convicted. He was really convicted for trying to extort more than $20 million from Nike. Still got other federal indictments out open in California. Another one uh, for prosecutors in Manhattan for embezzling money from uh, Stormy Daniels. You know, what he did was he had evidence, he said he had evidence that Nike employees had funneled secret payments to the families of top high school basketball players, uh, an apparent violation of NCAA rules, and he called them up and he did that tough guy thing where he's, I'm going to destroy you guys if you don't do this. So the press loved this guy, all right? They just loved this guy. Play, play a quick part of that uh, that montage of this. He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare, Michael Avenatti. Joining us once again is Michael Avenatti. Let's bring in Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti, thank you very much. He's out there saving the <laughs> Look, country. It, it, Don Meacham says he may be the savior of the republic. You are something of a folk hero now. I owe Michael Avenatti an apology. I've been saying enough already, Michael. I've seen you everywhere. What do you have left to say? I was wrong, brother. You have a lot to say. I uh, am just dying to hear what you think. These people all like you. I'm the only person right here Donald Trump fears more than Robert Miller. We think you guys are the tip of the spear that's going to take down Donald Trump. How dumb would you have to be <laughs> to find the creepy porn lawyer impressive? Well, if you want to know how dumb, here's Brian Stelter examining his conscience in the wake of uh, Avenatti's conviction. I've been getting some grief from Sean Hannity this weekend, speaking of, of Fox, right, from Hannity for once suggesting that I thought Avenatti could be a serious candidate for president. So give me a media critique. Was that was that stupid on my part? What do you what do you make of how Avenatti was covered by CNN and MSNBC? Well, I think one of the weird and in many cases distressing things that Trump has done is basically to Trumpify his opposition as well. And you see this very often in the conspiratorial mindset that many of his detractors take online. Hmm. And I think that bore itself out um, in the phenomenon of Michael Avenatti as well. Ever met someone who is so extremely dumb <laughs> that they don't know how stupid they actually are? <laughs> it's Trump's fault that Brian Stelter is corrupt. Brian Stelter says, what's the problem here? Is it me, you know, uh, licking up to, to Michael Avenatti and telling him he was a serious contender for the presidency of the United States? No, 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 no. It's Donald Trump. He's so biased that he blames the guy he's biased against for his own bias. So what we have is that the press is corrupt. We've said this a million times, but it's just true. We have a corrupt Democrat press, and that creates problems for all of us when looking at corruption. So let's take a look at what's going on at the DOJ, all right? At the DOJ, I talked about this last week. The problem is when the press isn't covering corruption, we start to cover it ourselves. We start to talk about it ourselves, and we start to see corruption on the other side and not see our own corruption and think, well, if they did it, we can do it and all this stuff. So we don't have the sort of confidence that the people who are tasked with exposing corruption are going to expose corruption. And we get a little crazy about it, too. So last week, I talked about the fact that Donald Trump tweeted that Roger Stone's, the recommendation of Roger Stone being sent away for up to nine years for this process crime that came out of the Mueller uh, case, right? He, li he lied and he tried to intimidate witnesses. Roger Stone lied and tried to intimidate witnesses in the Mueller investigation after Mueller already knew that the whole Russian thing was a hoax, all right? So it was a process crime. It was a crime that wouldn't have existed, but he did commit it. He got convicted. And then the prosecutors, overriding, by the way, I think the local governor, I, I can't remember who it was, who said, you know, this is way too much. They recommended they go away for nine years. Trump then tweets, that's ridiculous. And the DOJ 
rescinds the recommendation, causing the original prosecutors to walk away. And what three of them quit the case, one of them quit the DOJ. I said on Thursday, this was bad for Trump. Trump should not have done this. And I wrote a column about it. And the usual Trumpers show up and say, no, whatever Donald Trump does, it's right. If Donald Trump does it, it's right. You don't know. You didn't win the presidency. Oh, you're a cuck. Oh, you're that. Oh, this crap, right? And that happens. That happens because our press is corrupt. That happens because our press can't be trusted to expose the corruption on both sides. Trump made a mistake. And of course, right after I said it, because here you get tomorrow's news today, Bill Barr comes out, the last honest man in Washington, D.C., comes out and says it's not helpful for Donald Trump to do this. Play the first Barr uh, clip. To have public statements and tweets made about the department, uh, about uh, our people in the department, our, our men and women here, about cases pending in the department, and about judges before whom we have cases, uh, make it impossible uh, for me to do my job and to assure the courts and the prosecutors in the in the department uh, that we're doing our work with integrity. Of course it does. It makes him look bad, right? It makes him look bad when the president tells him to do something and he does it. He was going to do it anyway, but it's still, it makes him look bad. And now, uh, Stone, by the way, is asking for a new trial because one of the jurors was a Stone, stone Democrat. Uh, and, and Trump is tweeting about that. But now there's this big petition going around to get Barr to resign. We'll look at that in just a minute. But let's first talk about business and numbers. If you run a business, I run a business, I am a business, you have to know what your numbers are, what's going in, what's coming out, where things are going, where things are being allocated, what what are you doing with the money that you're making and trying to make and with the development. you got to find it all in all different places. That's why Ring, Hint, and Tecovis all have one thing in common. They all use NetSuite to accelerate their growth. They know that successful companies know their numbers and you have to have the right tools. And if you're going around to different uh, devices to find every different number, it doesn't work. NetSuite by Oracle gives you the tools you need to accelerate your growth. You get a full picture of your business, finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more. Everything you need to grow all in one place right from your phone or computer. NetSuite will give you the visibility and control you need to make the right decisions and grow with confidence. That's why NetSuite customers grow faster than the S&P 500. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at NetSuite.com slash Clavin. That's NetSuite.com slash Clavin. NetSuite.com slash Clavin. If you want to grow, you got to know how to spell Clavin. There are no easy things. <laughs> K-L-A-V-A-N. Uh, I make it look easy. That's why you think there are ease in it, but there is no ease in Clavin. So now the press, there's a, a petition going around 2,000 former DOJ uh, people. It was, it was, the petition was made up by a left-wing organization. They gathered uh, all the information. And of course, uh, Joe Biden and the press are, are piling on. Here's Joe Biden. This has been the most, the greatest abuse of power I have ever seen at the hands of this president who has no, no sense of decency or understanding of the Constitution. And bars of facilitating it is beyond my comprehension. I've been around a long time, used to chair the Judiciary Committee for years. No president, no president, no president has ever intimidated a general, attorney general into abusing power as much as this man has. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. (laughs) He is a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Whatever that means, that is what he is. John F. Kennedy's brother was the attorney general, Bobby Kennedy, and was constantly running political uh, interference for him. 
we remember that Eric Holder was Obama's wingman, right? He went out and he covered up the Fast and Furious scandal and Obama protected him by giving him executive privilege, which he should not have had. Uh, Loretta Lynch, of course, we remember meeting with Clinton, Bill Clinton, uh, with uh, Bill Clinton on the tarmac while Hillary Clinton was under investigation. And remember that Eric Holder didn't prosecute the IRS at all, didn't do anything at all to the IRS after they targeted grassroots Tea Party organizations uh, to keep them silent during Obama's reelection campaign. But the most important thing the Obama administration did, and this and this is, I mean, because Obama was scandal free, he was scandal free because Obama was scandal free. We don't think about this enough. He didn't enforce the law. Let me just read you a little piece from Politico 2012. All right. This is Politico. They're not that, you know, left wing or right wing. They're a little more to the left than to the right, I think. But here it says the federal government won't deport undocumented immigrants under age 30 who came to the United States as children. It is a temporary de facto implementation of part of the stalled Dream Act, right? It's a loud message to Hispanic voters to remember Obama in November. And they are not enforcing the law. They're not, they are told, Obama told the DOJ not to enforce the law. On gay rights too, the administration has asked agencies to do less. In February 2011, the Justice Department announced it would not defend the Defense of Marriage Act against court challenges. It wouldn't enforce the law. The 1996 law, which bars the government from recognizing same-sex marriage, appears headed to the U.S. Supreme Court. They weren't going to defend it in August. Obama's DHS announced it would no longer deport the non-citizen spouses of gay Americans, a direct contradiction to the Defense of Marriage Act. Uh, the tactic has its start in the earliest days of the administration. The Department of Justice announced it would not prosecute medical marijuana users or suppliers in states where it's legal, despite the state laws contradicting the federal laws. Last September, the DOJ also announced a change of legal interpretation that effectively legalized Internet gambling. Now, whether you agree with that or disagree with the laws themselves, think about it for a minute. Our in our government, we have legislators, right? What do they do? The name kind of gives it away. They legislate. They make law. Then we have an executive. What does he do? Once again, friends, the name gives it away. He executes the law. He executes what the legislature does. What if, what if the president says to the DOJ, don't enforce the law? That's what he did. Repeatedly, don't enforce the law. The legislature ceases to exist. All these people are accusing Donald Trump of being the king, right? Never said a word about this. They never said a word about Obama openly bragging, parading the fact that he was not going to defend the Defense of Marriage Act, that he wasn't going to enforce it, that he wasn't going to enforce uh, the laws against illegal immigration. That was fine. As long as you were doing it, that was fine. But this where Donald Trump sent out a tweet and there is no evidence whatsoever that Barr was responding to that tweet. It just, as Barr himself said, made him look bad because Trump doesn't have enough control over himself. And Trump made a mistake. He made a political and moral mistake, right? <laughs> that's, that's what happened. He made a political and moral mistake that made one of his best people, Bill Barr, look bad, right? That is time for the press to come out and call bar names and call. And, you know, this is a guy who, whose reputation is basically perfect. His reputation, there's nothing in his reputation to suggest that he would sell out. He himself has said, I can't be bullied. I'm not going to be bullied by Donald Trump. But the press is so corrupt that we can't see, we can't, we have to sort of take the law into our own hands. And we start saying, well, whatever Trump does, it's okay because the press is so corrupt. They're not calling out the corruption of the Obama administration. 
Barr is an honest man. Trump hasn't done anything illegal. He hasn't done anything wrong. He just did something morally stupid. That's all it is to it. And it put one of our best, most honest guys in the crosshairs. And that's a mistake. Now, now, while we're looking at the corruption of the DOJ and while we're trying to see where that corruption is, we have to look at the story of Andrew McCabe. It is an amazing story. And first, we will talk. Before we get to that, let us talk about rockauto.com for the simple reason I love to say rockauto.com. It is so much fun to say rockauto.com that if your car needs a part, you want to say rockauto.com. You don't want to just sit there and say, I have to go to the parts store and ask the person there to look at the computer. No, you want to say rockauto. Give me rockauto.com. Turn on your computer. They always offer the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com? The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. RockAuto.com is a family business. I should say RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. It has everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, for any car you want. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Clavin in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. And you got to say Clavin, but how do you spell Clavin? So they're not going to prosecute Andrew McCabe, okay? Here's the thing Andrew McCabe, who has been under the gun for lying uh, to Congress, is not going to be prosecuted according to the DOJ. And here is McCabe uh, responding to that news. The added insult and suspicion um, that comes with being under criminal investigation just made the entire experience a million times worse. Um, and I have to say that as glad as I am that the Justice Department and the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office finally decided to do the right thing today, it is an absolute disgrace that they took two years um, and put my family through this experience for two years before they finally drew the obvious conclusion um, and one they could have drawn um, a, a long, long time ago. Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's look at this. As this news comes out, uh, Lisa Page, the adulterous lover of Peter Strzok at the FBI, right, the lawyer, she tweets out this thing with her wearing a T-shirt, says, I'm done being quiet. And she's lifting a glass of wine, saying, cheers, uh, Andy, okay? Let's remember what it was that Andrew McCabe did, all right? About two weeks before uh, the election on 2016, he was then the deputy director of the FBI, and the Wall Street Journal ran a story uh, that questioned his fitness to lead an investigation of Hillary Clinton, right? He, that they, the Wall Street Journal pointed out that McCabe's wife had received $675,000 in donations from a political action committee that was controlled by Clinton's friend, uh, the governor of Virginia, Terry McAuliffe. I'm getting uh, some of this from uh, Andy McCarthy uh, over at National Review. Okay, so the reporter on the story, right, had was a guy named uh, Devlin Barrett. So he's he's accused he's saying that Andy McCabe is not the guy to investigate Hillary Clinton, right? So he he calls in and he says, "Why are you uh, why are you the guy who's going to investigate uh, the probe of the Clinton Foundation?" And this is and 
remember, James Comey at this point is investigating Hillary Clinton's server, right? And is talking about whether to reopen the investigation into Hillary Clinton's server, which he ultimately did because they had found classified information on Clinton's AIDS thing. I know this gets very complicated. I'm trying to simplify it as much as I can, right? So they're having a conversation about whether to reopen the case. And Andrew McCabe gets on the phone and Comey tells him to get off the phone because his reputation has been tainted by this Wall Street Journal story. So this makes McCabe angry. He gets in touch with who? Lisa Page, right? He gets in touch with Lisa Page and he has her leak a story uh, to the Wall Street Journal about how McCabe and a high-ranking Obama Justice Department official uh, got, in, got into it, basically about the, the Obama administration trying to shut down the investigation into Hillary Clinton and McCabe was standing up for keeping the investigation going. You got it? So in other words... The Obama, first, the Obama administration putting pressure on the DOJ to shut down an investigation into Hillary Clinton, right? That's the story. Second, McCabe leaks that to restore his information. He then goes in and blames someone else for leaking it to turn the information away from him. He lies to Congress about all of this stuff, and this story gets dropped. Now, let's, and now this, these charges have been dropped, right? So the corruption, if you're looking at that, if you got Lisa Page, the woman who was tweeting to her lover, her adulterous lover, Peter Strzok, about how we have to stop Donald Trump, right? That, that, and some of that attitude went into the Russian investigation. And you've got them leaking this story and then lying about it. And those charges are dropped. Now, let's compare what happened to General Michael Flynn, right? This is a former three-star general who pleaded guilty to a single count of lying to the FBI about conversations he had with, Russia's, with the Russians' ambassador, right? Now, this is right after the administration came in. He did nothing wrong, Right. This is important. General Flynn did nothing wrong in talking to the ambassador. It was part of his job, but he didn't get the story right when he talked to the FBI. And what happened was Andrew McCabe called up Michael Flynn and said, oh, we're just going to drop over. We want to talk. You know, what, what does it say? The, the uh, McCabe called Mr. Flynn personally. This is the deputy director of the FBI called this three-star general on other business. He was discussing an FBI training session and on that thing, he said, you know, we have to have a couple of agents come over and sit down with you and talk about some other stuff about this talking to the Russian ambassador. Just a casual thing. You don't need a lawyer. Didn't tell him he needed a lawyer. Didn't tell him that lying to the FBI is a crime, that making a mistake is a crime. Here's James Comey, whose idea this was. This was James Comey's idea, bragging about this to Nicole Wallace. You look at this White House now, and it's hard to imagine two FBI agents ending up in the sit room. How did that happen? I sent them. Um. <laughs> Um, something we, I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized investigation, a more organized administration, in the George W. Bush administration, for example, or the Obama administration. <laughs> the protocol, two men that all of us have perhaps increased appreciation for uh, over the last two years. And in both of those administrations, there was process. And so if the FBI wanted to send agents into the White House itself, to interview a senior official, you would work through the White House counsel and there'd be discussions and approvals and who would be there. And I thought it's early enough, let's just send a couple guys over. It was all bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it was. it was. I mean, these are these guys conspiring. They're consp this is the, the administration has just gotten started. They are conspiring against this president. This is a corrupt DOJ before Barr got there in the scandal-free Trump administration, the Obama administration. The very fact, the very fact that the press 
calls the Obama administration scandal-free, condemns the press. Because if it was scandal-free, it was because they didn't do their job, right? So Michael Flynn is sitting over there. He's had a completely legal conversation, a completely legal conversation with the Russian ambassador. And remember, now they're se- they're sending out this stuff about, you know, oh, Trump colluded with Russia. Remember, this entire hoax is going on. If Trump colluded with Russia, so anything that happens with Russia must have been a problem. And, and they get Michael Flynn in this, and they go over there, and even the FBI agents, even the FBI agents said he wasn't lying. We didn't get the feeling he was lying. We got the feeling he made a mistake when he said he didn't remember what he was talking to the Russian ambassador about. There is, There are accusations. I don't know how much of this is true. There are accusations that uh, the FBI threatened to prosecute Flynn's son. And that's why Flynn pleaded guilty. Now Flynn is, wants to take back his guilty plea. Very, very difficult to do. It's a really difficult situation. So Flynn, this three-star general, is under the gun, right, is, is, has been essentially convicted. He's pleaded guilty. And McCabe gets away. And Lisa Page, you know, the adulteress is like toasting. Uh, the, you know, this is a corrupt organization. James Comey, that's corruption. I'm sorry, that's corruption. This is a targeted attack on the president of the United States. When he calls it a coup attempt, he's absolutely right. When he calls it a hoax, he's absolutely right. But the press has got nothing but time to go after Bill Barr. And, you know, I think this just distorts the entire conversation. I think it distorts us. It makes us, it makes it very hard for us to get clear about how we feel about corruption, because I don't believe it's true that they were corrupt so that we can be corrupt. I do believe it's true that our shenanigans is better than their shenanigans, because our shenanigans is in favor of freedom. So all the stuff about, uh, you know, killing the Merrick Garland uh, confirmation, that's political shenanigans. That's not corruption. Nobody's taking money or, or doing the wrong thing. They're actually following the law when they did that. Mitch McConnell was doing what was right for his political party. That's shenanigans. I'm all for it when the right is doing it because they're doing it in the name of freedom. But this is corruption. This is abusing your power to go after people and, and pin them to the wall and send good people to prison. And I would like to know, because I don't know, why the case against McCabe was dropped. That is the thing we're going to have to find out in the coming, in the days to come. Uh, let us talk about... <laughs> A message, I have a message for all of our Daily Wire members. The message is, thanks. You are the people who keep us independent, honest, and one step ahead of the left. You guys are there when cancel culture puts our back against the wall, and we will continue giving you great content and great value for your membership, which means the world to us. If you're not quite sold on a membership yet, I can't see how you wouldn't be. A Reader's Pass is a great way to feel it out. A Reader's Pass will enable you news junkies to read our articles ad-free, including all of Ben Shapiro's op-eds, which are exclusive for Daily Wire members only. It's a great way to stay in touch with breaking news and conservative analysis without a big financial commitment. The Reader's Pass will also get you access to our mobile app, which you'll really like, and that's really become popular with our members, and I can understand why. You can read all of our stories on mobile, and you can also receive push notifications for breaking news and special content. Perfect for when you want to stay up to date on the go. This membership tier is already a bargain at three bucks a month, but right now we're offering one month for 99 cents. That's mobile ad-free access to all of the Daily Wire news, exclusive op-eds from Ben Shapiro, and breaking news and updates on our mobile app, all for the low price of one buck. So go get a Reader's Pass today and join the Daily Wire community. And when you are in the Daily Wire community, you can be in the mailbag tomorrow, every Wednesday, the mailbag, all your questions answered. You get to scream like that. You know, she screams like that because all her problems have been solved. Come over to dailywire.com and subscribe.
So let me illustrate why, why this becomes a bigger problem when you've got centralized government, when you have control of the economy, when you have control of health care, when you have control of businesses, when business, when you can take people's money away, when the people in power have the power to decide whose money gets taken away, right? I'm going to have a wealth tax, a special wealth tax for anybody who makes, does too well in business, wherever, anybody who creates too much wealth, we're going to take some of that wealth. Every time you centralize power, you centralize corruption. And there is a difference. There is a difference between the fact that individual people are corrupt and corruption in in every democratic free society. Corruption is widespread, but it tends to be trivial. It tends not to be so deep. It doesn't really matter if the head of a company cheats on his wife in the boardroom. That's a bad thing. He should be fired. But it doesn't really bother you all that much. There's always going to be corruption and some of it is serious corruption. But when all the power is centered in government, and you know who to bribe, then all you have are the powerful and the people who are wealthy enough to control the powerful. That's why in a a capitalist society have these gradations of inequality. We have inequality under a capitalist system, right? You have poor people going up slowly by steps to the very rich. In a socialist society, you don't have that. You have the powerful and you have the people who are out of power, and that's it. You have the powerful and the poor. You have the people waiting on bread lines, and then you have Bernie Sanders, the czar, saying bread lines are a good thing because you have bread. So that's another reason we need communism. (laughs) There it is, another reason, because, you know, that's all you've got. That's all you've got is the people in power and the people who have no power, zero power. And that's the thing that Michael Moore and people like Bernie Sanders want because they think they're the ones who are going to have the power, right? So it's never your turn to go off to the Lubyanka prison and never come back. You always think it's going to be somebody else. Let's take a look at this thing, this corona uh, uh, virus that's going on in China, that's coming out of China. And I haven't talked about it much because you never know how much of this is being overemphasized and you just there just aren't enough facts. And one of the reasons there aren't, aren't enough facts is because the Chinese lie right now. And this is coming from The New York Times, a former newspaper. So, you know, obviously no enemy of communism. Uh, half of, this is half of China's population. Half of China's population is facing new travel restrictions. What are there? A gazillion people in China. So half of them are facing new travels. Uh, restrictions. Across China, officials have imposed controls of various kinds on people's movements, hoping that minimizing contact will prevent the virus from circulating further. To gauge the scale and breadth of these policies, the New York Times examined dozens of local government announcements and reports from state-run news outlets. The Times analysis found that at least 150 million people in China, over 10% of the country's population, are facing government restrictions about how often they can leave their homes. 150 million people are being told how they can leave their homes. Tom Cotton, uh, Senator Tom Cotton, who has been on this uh, very carefully, he says that the situation is much worse than uh, China is letting on. This is the first cut, five. The situation is very grave, in part because, as you say, China was lying from the beginning and they're still lying today, and also because there are so many unknowns about this virus. For example, how many people one person can infect once they have the virus, the extent to which it's contagious before one is symptomatic, or the mortality rate. That's why I've been saying for almost a month now that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, to quote Benjamin Franklin, and why the president was so smart to ban travel coming from China 
Atlanta um, just a couple weeks ago, so we didn't have more than 20,000 people landing in our country every single day from mainland China. All right, so we're going to get back to that, right? Who's banned travel and that and Cotton saying that is a good thing. And this stuff is happening over there. Like um, uh, one doctor who was the guy who actually broke through the news embargo in China and told told people about this virus. He has died apparently from the virus. Another doctor who is treating people has died from the virus. And Cotton is saying the original story was that because China has these open food markets, the virus got into these food markets and then went out and spread through this fo- f- these food markets. And Tom Cotton says that's not what happened. Here's what we do know. It, this virus did not originate in the Wuhan animal market. Epidemiologists who are widely respected from China, who have published or studied in the international journal The Lancet, have demonstrated that several of the original cases did not have any contact with that food market. The virus went into that food market before it came out of that food market. So we don't know where it originated, but we do know that we have to get to the bottom of that. We also know that just a few miles away from that food market is China's only biosafety level four super laboratory that researches human infectious diseases. Now, we don't have evidence that this disease originated there, but because of China's duplicity and dishonesty from the beginning, we need to at least ask the question to see what the evidence says. And China right now is not giving any evidence on that question at all. Okay, so that's like a Stranger Things kind of Stephen King thing where there's this this lab nearby where the, near the market where this thing started and he's not, he, it's a lab where they study probably so they can kill us. They study viruses. He's not saying that that's where it originated. He's saying there's a chance and we don't know because there's no information coming out because the Chinese control the press, the leftist press. Now, I want you to listen First of all, the Washington Post, where democracy dies by taking thousands of dollars from the China Daily to run news stories that are Chinese propaganda in the Washington Post that look like post stories, even though they are marked as advertisement. And the China Daily has has been accused of not reporting this. You have to report this stuff to the federal government and they haven't been doing this. But the Washington Post gets a lot of money from Chinese advertisements. So the Washington Post, where democracy dies in darkness at the Washington Post, right, attacks Tom Cotton and says he's spreading this conspiracy conspiracy theory, which you just heard him what he said. He's not spreading the theory. He's saying, we don't know, but this is something that's also possible. They call, And they keep calling it throughout the story. They keep calling it debunked. It's a debunked story. It ain't debunked. Here is the Chinese ambassador, Kui Tiang Kai, responding to Tom Cotton. You listen and you tell me whether he debunks this story. It's very harmful. It's very dangerous to stir up suspicion, rumors, and spread them among the people. For one thing, this will create panic. Another thing is that it will fan up racial discrimination, xenophobia, all these things that will really harm our joint efforts to combat the virus. Of course, there are all kinds of speculations and rumors. There are people who are saying that these viruses are coming from some military lab, not of China, maybe in the United States. How can we believe all these crazy things? <laughs> that, if that doesn't sound like a Democrat to you, I don't know what does. It's it, We can't say these things because of the effect it's going to have on the people, not because they're untrue. And remember, again, Cotton didn't say this was the truth. He said this is one of the things he's looking at. We can't say these things. Oh, you're a bigot. You're bigoted against Asian people. And, and oh, yeah, maybe it's really a laboratory in the United States that's doing all, all this. I mean, it is classic left-wing propagandizing. And then the Washington Post steps up 
after taking thousands of dollars from China Daily to run ads that look like news stories in their paper, the Washington Post steps up and says, oh, well, it's debunked. It's debunked. It ain't debunked. It's not debunked because the press in China is corrupt. And so we don't know. And this is the thing, you know, I'm not saying that the the uh, Democrat Party and the Chinese communists are the same people. I'm saying there is a leftist mindset that is the same. That's all I'm saying. There's a leftist mindset that is the same, that information can be controlled for the good of the people because the people uh, giving the information know better than the people. That That's the first thing, that it's bigotry to challenge that idea. That's another thing. Oh, yeah. And it's not us doing it. It's you doing it. Okay. That's the that's the system. That is the whole system. And, you know, it is it's hard for us. It is hard for us to keep our minds straight, to keep our minds straight when we know the people that we have assigned and we trust or want to trust to get at the information are themselves corrupt. Think about what this coronavirus means. Think about what it means about open borders, about open borders and sanctuary cities. Think about that for a minute. Is there no reason to control our borders? Is there no reason when a virus can spread in a communist country so much faster and more completely than it might spread here because nobody wants to tell the truth? I mean, Tom Cotton compares this to Chernobyl, where the lack of information and the dedication to communism made it hard to spread the information. Is there no reason to keep people from that country uh, for coming here? Is the only reason you might keep them from coming here because they're Asian? Or might it be to protect your population from their population, to protect the effects of your good government from the effects of their bad government? I mean, that is one thing right there, open borders. Another thing, government health care. Is there no reason to say that there shouldn't be independent voices, doctors who are not dependent on the government, doctors who are dependent on private practice, who don't have to say what the government wants them to say, who can come out and talk to the press, a free press, and tell them what's going on. This coronavirus attacks everything the left is, everything they are, and that's what they're running on in the Democrat Party, everything that the left is. All right, a final reflection. I finally got to see uh, some of the movies that were uh, nominated for the Oscars over the weekend. I finally caught up. And so I'm going to give my Oscar because, <laughs> let's face it, who cares what Oscar they give? One of the pictures I got to see was 1917, a story that kind of uh, steals the last reel of Gallipoli. Uh, it's about two guys who are sent out on a mission to cross through enemy territory in World War One, And uh, they, they want to cross through the enemy territory to call off an attack because the Allies are going into a German trap. So they send these two guys off and it's all shot as if it's it's a it's not really shot in one shot, but it's made to look like the whole thing is one continuous shot. And I'll talk about it in just a second, but here's just a clip of the two stars, George McKay and Dean Charles Chapman, as the two men sent on this mission. You hear that story about Wilco? How he lost his ear? Not in the mood. Keep your eyes on the trees. Top of the ridge. He told you it was shrapnel. What was it then? Well, you know his girl's a hairdresser, right? And he was moaning about the lack of bathing facilities when he wrote to her. Remember those rancid jakes, Harris? Anyway, she sends him over this hair oil. Smells sweet. Like golden syrup. Wilco loves the smell but he doesn't want to cast it around in his pack so he slathers it all over his barnet goes to sleep and in the middle of the night he wakes up and a rat is sitting 
on his shoulder, licking the oil off his head. So, so this is uh, by Sam Mendes. Sam, Sam Mendes, when I lived in England, was a big stage director. I've talked about uh, his wonderful Don Moore Warehouse Cabaret. I, I took the real-life daughter of Sally Bowles to see the, the cabaret for the first time. She had never wanted to see it. She sat next to me and wept through it. Sam Mendes, really talented uh, director, and it is a beautiful film to watch. The fact that it's shot as if in one shot gives us this kind of relentlessness. You know you're not going to get a break. You know you're going to live through this every step of the way. Acting, as you can see in that clip, is great. Colin Firth and Benedict Cumberbatch show up each for one scene. Uh, a couple of other, that great actor, uh, Andrew Scott, who is in Fleabag, who plays what they now call the Hot Priest. Uh, he's just called the Hot Priest now. That's, that's Andrew Scott's name for the rest of uh, eternity. Uh, he shows up for one scene. A lot of good ac- English actors in it. It is a really good suspenseful, entertaining film. Is it a great film? No. It has nothing to say about World War I. It has nothing really to say about anything. It's just a story, and it's a good story. When you think about great World War I films like All Quiet on the Western Front or Paths of Glory uh, that are absolutely sensational, it is nowhere in that league. But it is a good movie. Uh, it is very entertaining. If you can see it in the theater, it's so beautiful to watch that that's the best thing about the picture is just how incredibly lovely it is uh, to look at and how it gets its effects. It's a emotional effects from its beauty. Uh, so I totally recommend it. Should it win the, should it have won the Oscar? No, it should not have. It should not have. And I will talk tomorrow. Uh, I probably won't get a chance tomorrow. So I'll talk on Thursday uh, about uh, Parasite, which I also saw. And then I will give the Clavin, which is so much more important than the Oscar. Be here for the mailbag tomorrow. All your problems will be solved right here on the Andrew Clavin show. I'm Andrew Clavin. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and also tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Matt Wall Show, and The Michael Knowles Show. Thanks for listening. The Andrew Clavin Show is produced by Robert Sterling and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. And our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Assistant director, Pavel Wydowski. Edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio mixed by Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup is by Jessua Alvera. Animations are by Cynthia Angulo. Production assistants, McKenna Waters and Ryan Love. The Andrew Clavin Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there. Mm -hmm. 